Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Penzer. This is Nova, the elite athlete. This is Rapid Delivery Rory Fox. Tyson Dukes, the wrestling machine. This is my doll, Connor. Former WWF slash WWE referee Jimmy Corderas. The hardcore icon, just incredible. Now that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to a very special edition of Counted Out with Mike and Tyler, the year-end edition of Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler, and as always, I am joined by the one and only, I don't know what you're drinking this week, but uh, Mojito, Corona, uh-oh, he's got Corona. Mike is in the house. What's going on, everybody? Um... This is fitting, man. This is we're, this is the year end show, so hopefully this is the end of Corona. Um, you know, uh, uh, this is finally goodbye to a fucking shite year. It has um, been, it has been a rough year. At points during this show, you and I, I think, are, we are going to bring up the things that we actually liked about this year, uh, wrestling related and not. Uh, so we do have some nice things to say, but for the most part. I don't know a single human being alive that that uh, thinks that 2020 was the best year. Oof. No, and you know what? Let's uh, a lot of rough times in 2020. Obviously, the world pandemic has taken a toll not only on the world professional wrestling, which is what we talk about, but just on everybody in general. And and hopefully, our show has brought some form of entertainment to some of the people out there. Uh, we like to say a big thank you to everybody. Um, I know that when we started this thing at uh, WrestleMania last year, I did not expect to be where we are right now. No, absolutely. Uh, you guys are awesome. We've had some we've had some great moments this year on the show. We've had some fantastic interviews. We've had some fun lists. We've had lots of drinks. We're doing live shows. This is uh, far exceeded anything that I thought we were going to do, and uh, we, I'm having we, a great time doing it with you, buddy. We've done giveaways. We've done collaborations with other shows. Uh, you know, we're working on big projects with with, uh, with wrestling uh, uh, companies. Uh, there's a lot, no matter how much we've already done, there's a lot more coming up. And just like you, man, I I, I, I thought we'd start something kind of cool and, you know, we'd have some fun for a bit. But I didn't, I wasn't holding my breath. I didn't have high hopes um, since my last podcast kind of fizzled out. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know. And let's be honest, you and I were just becoming friends at the time, so I yeah. didn't know how far we'd be able to push that. And you know, for all we knew, two weeks later we'd be fucking sick of each other and shit. I mean, that was that. That part is true. I am very <laughs> sick of you. Right? <laughs> the fact that we now record these by video and I have to look at you while we do these is not true. a good thing for me. True. Um, recently, I will say uh, I was driving to work the other day, and I decided to go back in the annals of time and I listened to our very first episode that we did like the one that never made it to air not the ones that never made it to air. the actual okay. the faction list the top seven okay. factions of all time and my okay. god was i just terrible it was just such a terrible show i don't know how the fuck people stuck with us but we thank you for it i think we're doing pretty good now i think Let's- we've come a long way in a year even even myself you know i had i had almost uh i think i think danny and i did a hundred 
I think just over 100 episodes of The Lasting Mark by the time we can't we call it quits. So, you know, me doing me doing 100 episodes of a show, you, you keep learning, you keep going, you know. So starting this show, you being this is your first show, didn't matter how much I had under my belt, I kept learning. And I feel like even I have gotten a lot better at podcasting since uh, we started this show. I've learned a lot more, um, you know. I didn't know anything about Skype or Zoom or Instagram or social mm -hmm. media like that on the last one. Because I'll be honest with you, uh, Adam did a lot of the, the the grunt work for us on on that show. Oh, so man. we really had I had well both you and I had to learn a lot as we went along. Thank God we had two beautiful women behind us. We do uh, have two beautiful women behind us teaching us and showing us things because uh, we're fucking idiots. Yeah, I gotta, you know, I want to give a special thank you and uh, to to my beautiful girlfriend Victoria for all the support and all the help that she's been. She's been a little unsung hero for this podcast, so uh, she tolerates me playing with you. Uh, that sounded terrible, but uh, she tolerates me playing podcasts every now and then, and uh, she's been very helpful with teaching me some editing skills. And mm -hmm. uh, I think so far, so good. Absolutely, and like like we said, twenty twenty one. I think has uh, it's going to be the year of uh, of counting it out. I think absolutely, man. And speaking of the year, we are at the year in review right now. The today, not just today though. This is such a big thing, and we've got such cool stuff planned out. We're breaking this up into two parts. So this is part one of part two. The top seven moments of the year twenty twenty, and we did something kind of cool for this. We actually reached out. And we have six different guests joining us for this countdown. Seven different guests, sorry, Seven. joining us yeah. for this countdown. Uh, maybe even eight or nine. We we have a lot of guests coming a on. A lot of guests. Yeah, it's hard to count because I know one guy did did two, and then we had two on one. Yeah. We, we, four, we had two on one and then two on another. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. So we, we brought in uh, different people to help us with different parts of this countdown. So this is my list. I, this is my top seven moments of the year 2020. And we will debate uh, whether or not what you agree with and what you don't agree with. But um, before we get into the number seven moment, which we are going to be joined by um, the former head of WrestleMedia, Adam, I am doing something we've never done before. I have a dishonorable mention for you. There we go. Now, there is only one person on the planet who could help with a dishonorable mention. So what we're going to do right now is before we get to the number seven, we're going to throw it over to the one and only rapid delivery Rory Fox, who is going to help me break down our dishonorable mention of the year. We have a dishonorable mention, and I am joined by, uh, back by popular demand, the one and only Rapid Delivery Rory Fox. I got to talk to you about a dishonorable mention. Please, Rory, can you talk to us about the worst pay-per-views ever, Talk and shop mania uh, Tell us some stories from it, uh, and just overall everything about Talk and shop mania Talk and shop mania one and two, what an abomination. When I thought Talking Shop of Mania couldn't get any worse, they had to do Talking Shop of Mania 2. Oh, I mean, what a ball for a ball match. And a, 
Undershed? What the fuck were they thinking? I got to tell you. Or me in a tag match with a guy named Rimjob? What the fuck? Did, did you hurt your back carrying Brian Myers through that match, Rory? Yeah, I hurt my back, and I also hurt my head. <laughs> when when he, he threw me off the ropes, I was supposed to come back, but I thought I was taking a powder, and I went through the ropes, and I hit my head on the cement steps. Oh, my God. So in all seriousness, though, Rory, you, you got to kind of tip your hat to the good brothers there. I know Carl Anderson's yeah. a longtime friend of yours. How incredible is it what these guys have done? You know, they took something terrible like getting released from, from New York there, and they made whatever yeah. the fuck this pay-per-view was. And it was entertaining as hell, man. Like, what, what's your overall yeah. impression of the talking show? No, hey, I love it. They, they helped make me relevant again on a national stage. You know, in the Midwest, my reputation was solidified, but it was great to get out in the national media again. And if it wasn't for the Good Brothers, it might not have happened now, so... Well, yeah, and absolutely, because we're a couple guys out of Toronto that run this show, Rory, and, and here we are reaching out to you to get you on, just because, yeah. uh, for myself personally, I was so blown away and, and so entertained by, by you specifically on the show, and, and I've listened to some of your interviews. How important in the year 2020 has the, uh, the you know, the talking shop been for you personally? Oh, as, as far as independent wrestlers out there, I think I'm one of the most successful wrestlers in 2020. I've I've been very successful during this COVID era with two, two talking shop mania shows. I mean, constantly going back and forth with Matt Cardona on Twitter and then with the good brothers getting me out there on there. It's like, I'm on the major pod. I'm on talking shop in 2020. I go before COVID. I didn't have any t-shirts Now during COVID. I have pressing tees. And I have collar and elbow, all because of the Good Brothers and uh, the major podcast. So. Well, yeah, and you know what? We just want to take a minute to tip our cap to the hard work that those guys are doing and to the hard work you're doing, Rory. I know we joke when we say dishonorable mention, but let's call a spade a yeah. spade. These guys are over, and these guys are reaching out, and, and they're doing something fun, and that's something yeah. this industry needs is a lot of fun. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what I've been I've been happy to do. It's like talking and making an ass of myself is one of the things I do well. And I'm glad that Gallows and Anderson and Rocky Romero see, uh, you know, that I have potential in doing that and I can help entertain an audience right now and, and give something for people to laugh about during this whole horrible COVID time. So I've been very happy to be, I've been a part of talking shop one and two. No, and, and we, we appreciate it. And, and just uh, before I let you go on the talking shop stuff, Rory, how fun's it been? I, I know we talked about this in our interview we played with you last week or a couple of weeks ago there, but how fun's it been just being around all the boys and good brothering it up and, and cracking a couple beers and, and just having a good time? That's the best part about it. Because you got to understand, I'm out here in Iowa and Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I'm not really around the boys at all here, you know, and I, I was going to St. Louis once a month. I was going to Minneapolis once a month. I had shows in Iowa. And that's all been taken away. And with Talking Shop bringing me down to Atlanta twice this year, I, I get to be around the boys again, and we get to just have some drinks and eat and laugh and joke. And I'm around my fraternity again. And, and spiritually, that's, that's been so amazing for me. Oh, absolutely. And we're glad to hear that. And it's good to see you guys having a good time. 
thank you on behalf of our audience for entertaining the hell out of us during a real shitty time in the year, man. Hey, thank you. I'm glad I can entertain you. And before we let you go, Roy, as always, give us a plug. Where can the people see you? Where can they buy your stuff? So on Collar and Elbow, you can get the rapid delivery. Rory Fox delivering the goods since 1999 at Collar and Elbow. Use promo code RoryFox11. You'll save 10%. I'm also on ProWrestlingTees.com slash RoryFox11. Twitter, if you want an 8x10, message me, RoryFox underscore. Or on Instagram, RoryFox11. I also have RoryFox on Facebook. I'm everywhere. Shoot me a message. I'll get you an 8x10. Or we'll we'll get you some other merchandise, but I'm out there. I'm available. I might have to take you up on that eight by ten, Roy. It'd be a great addition yeah. to the collection, buddy. You can get the official woo 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 kiss my ass eight by ten for fifteen dollars. That includes shipping. And I also recently, uh, if you did, you grow up on nineties uh, Hasbro WWF wrestling. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, well, you're in store for a treat. It is just it's just been done last week. There is a Rory Fox. Hasbro figure available now, and it's on pressing tees as a t-shirt, but I also will be printing them up as an 8x10. Oh, that's amazing, Rory, man. Uh, nothing but the best to you, Rory. You have an open invitation on this show anytime. We love you in Toronto, buddy, and we can't wait to get you booked over here. Oh, great. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. So here we go. Going to start things off with our number seven. Before we do that, though, we got to bring in very special guest. We've got Adam joining us. Uh, Adam, how are you, man? Thanks for coming on and, and joining us. And then tell the people, uh, tell the people why you're here, uh, your connection with us. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I feel a little unprepared, primarily because I feel like you guys have beverage-based nicknames, and I don't. And I feel like this is a big problem. <laughs> Uh, so I was thinking, I'm not really big into alcohol, but I do love a good aspartame-based beverage. So I was thinking maybe I could be Coke Zero Conta for the time being, if that's okay. <laughs> ah, I like it. We are joined like by Coke Zero Conta. Uh, Adam and Mike have a long history together, dating back to Mike's days on The Lasting Mark with the WrestleMedia brand. We're so happy to have you join us. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, 2020 here. And, and Mike, let me throw it over to you first, man. How good does it feel to be reunited with Adam right now? I mean, shit, you're, uh, if, if you want to go uh, want to go all the way back, we go back to 1998. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're a couple of old motherfuckers. No kidding, eh? This is, uh, this is actually the uh, only professional person that Mike's ever worked with in the podcast industry as well, because myself and Danny definitely don't know what the fuck we're doing. That is so ridiculously true. So the people here, Mike and I talk enough. Let's get over to Adam, man. Adam, we're talking the year 2020 right now. We're going to get to the number seven on the best of uh, 2020 moments in the year of professional wrestling. But beforehand, I want to talk a little bit about your own personal favorites. What are some of your, your favorite moments of the year 2020? I got to be honest with you. Uh, it's kind of probably going to be mentioned a lot here throughout the episode. So I apologize if I sound like a broken record. But for me, I think you got to go back to the beginning of the year at the Royal Rumble. Edge's return was such a huge monumental moment for many fans, especially myself, who did not think we would ever see the return of Edge. And also the 
kind of Phoenix-like rise of Drew McIntyre to the pinnacle of WWE all in one night. Uh, mm-hmm. It was pretty incredible uh, to see everything that those guys ended up doing in one evening. And then from there, honestly, it's been just kind of a roller coaster of bad events and mediocre, of, uh, you know, happenings. And then some few, few high spots, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in the next hour or two or three or however long we end up talking, because you got me on the show now. <laughs> and if anybody can talk about wrestling for a uh, uncomfortable amount of time, uh, it's Coke Zero Conta. <laughs> well, the good thing about being uh, the number seven spot is that you don't have to sound like a broken record because you're the first one we're talking to today. Uh, well, and I... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I am honored. I was just going to say to even be here at the bottom where I belong, you know, you'd <laughs> think that after helping a guy like Mike, you know, get into wrestling podcast that he would have maybe put me somewhere a little higher on the list, but I guess you can only bribe a guy so much. Hey man, uh, what did I say in the Indies? You, you, you put, you put a high, a high match on first to get the crowd in, right? That's right. You always, you always want to put your best guys on first and your best guys on last. Listen to these two guys trying to stroke my ego. Flattery will get you everywhere, gentlemen. Where do you think I learned it, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> not, wrong. not wrong. So let's keep on the trend of 2020 here. What are some of your favorite matches of the year? Any angles that stick out for you? And I'll, and I'll ask that to either one of you guys and because and, I, I want to hear kind of you guys with your history go back and forth a little bit as well. Well, Mike, I would love to start off by hearing some of your favorite moments and matches from the year. That would have been a huge thing for me to sit down and talk about in a little bit more in depth. So let's get it rolling. I, I don't know about matches per se. I, I haven't had time to think of, you know, break them down. But if I'm talking actual shows, like shows, like I sat down and I said, holy shit, from beginning to end, I actually really enjoyed this. If we're going to start with WWE... Um, I think I'm in the minority here, but I fucking loved the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view this year. I absolutely, I absolutely loved it. Um, the again minority, but uh, the uh, Jay Uso Roman Reigns match was one of my favorites of 2020. All right, this is uh, <laughs> this is going to cause some tension right off the bat here, but I mean it wouldn't be an episode of Canada with a little bit of tension. Mike, you know you've been a friend of mine for a long time, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to stab you in the back. I'm going to put. I'm going to shiv you in the gut right up front and tell you. <laughs> and I was just as surprised as anybody by this, but honestly, one of my favorite shows this year was AEW's Full Gear. And Mike knows I'm not a big AEW guy either. I don't watch the shows weekly. I kind of just keep up with. Uh, the news and happenings of the show, but I did happen to get an opportunity to watch the event afterwards. And I will say from top to bottom, I think it was easily the best show that AEW has put on in their entire history. And it actually left me feeling like that was a really good product. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. So even though I don't think it was my favorite event of the year, I'll say that it was the event that impressed me the most with what they were working with. Very fair. Very fair. Well, I want to talk about something that impressed me this year, guys. And that would be the number seven on the top 20 moments in the world of professional wrestling. And I want to start things off with something that I know was very near and dear to Mike's heart. And it probably wouldn't have made my list if it wasn't for Mike, because I don't think I had the eyes on it. And I want to talk about the Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling title tournament that they did. 
Um, you know, Mike, uh, we'll, we'll throw to you first because this was kind of your baby. You talked about this every week on the show. Uh, now that the tournament's done and over with, what's your thoughts overall on this tournament? So there's so much to talk about here because y- you can talk about the tournament itself, the matches within the tournament, the reason for the tournament to happen, the guys that were put over, and we're going to talk about the aftermath of the tournament. There's so much to break down in this thing. So we'll start with the tournament itself. Um, it was so well put together for people who are new to ROH and didn't really know about the pure title. They did a great job of breaking it down every week. You knew exactly what was going on. They put the matches together so well. It wasn't overproduced or overdone. There was only two matches per week. Um, you know, it wasn't complicated. Everything was just put together so well. Um, I, I can't remember if it was episode one or, or episode two, but it started off so strong with matches such as uh, Matt Seidel versus uh, Delirious. Yeah, and that's something I like to talk about too before I, I throw it over to you, Adam, is I like that they threw back to the history of Ring of Honor because those guys had a legendary feud many, many years, about the 2005-2006 era. Uh, they had a great feud in Ring of Honor, and, and I like that we got that throwback in the brackets. Adam, what's your thoughts overall on, on this tournament? What were some of the things that stood out for you? I think this is, it's fair to say, this was easily Ring of Honor's highlight for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I love the most about it is that it separated Ring of Honor from every other North American wrestling company that was out there. AEW was kind of, you know, the workhorse company. And WWE, of course, cannot be matched when it comes to spectacle. And Impact Wrestling was kind of doing its own thing. But with Ring of Honor, I think what the pure wrestling tournament showed was. Hey, if you guys are looking for something different, if you're looking for something that no other wrestling company is presenting right now, Ring of Honor is it. And I think it really hammers home that this was a tournament that brought Ring of Honor back to its roots. And although the pure wrestling title was something that wasn't exactly a um, cornerstone of the company, it was something that set them apart from everybody else. I never understood why that title was retired. And I think that in 2020, this was the biggest victory they could have because it showed wrestling fans, if you're looking for something different, something that none of the other big companies are offering, Ring of Honor has got it. And I think that by giving us something that nobody else was presenting on television or on pay-per-view, it gave us a reason to tune in every single week. And the fact that they played around with it so well, not every match was the same. Sometimes you had close encounters where there were guys who were down to only one rope break or even got them all. We did get a draw and we saw the judging system and how that worked. You Mm -hmm. know, we had guys that completely dominated. Look at a guy like Dalton Castle who didn't make it past the first round, but had people saying that this guy had wrestled his best match in years because Mm -hmm. he switched up his style. And this was a chance for guys like him who weren't normally known for working that style to show that they were more than just say a gimmick guys like him, guys like delirious. And it also reinforced for other guys who are known for that pure style, why they are the best in the business when it comes to technical wrestling, this overall tournament was a home run from every angle absolutely and you mentioned the name dalton castle and mike i want to throw to you and then i want to hear your rebuttal on that how smart is it for ring of honor to come back and on their first show back with this tournament start with a main event quality match that you would see on pay-per-view between jay lethal and dalton castle i was about to say something similar because 
I almost feel like every match in this tournament could have been a main event of an ROH uh, pay-per-view. Every, there was no slouches in this tournament at all. Everybody is, I wouldn't say, an established name outside of, uh, of Ring of Honor or this tournament. But at the same time, people who know, know. And that, that brings me to the next point. From the very beginning, I already had uh, John Gresham pegged as the winner. But not only that, I had John Gresham pegged as the MVP for this tournament. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say right now that I was wrong. I truly believe at the end of the day, the MVP of this tournament was hot sauce Tracy Williams. I didn't know him from Adam uh, in, 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 uh, before this tournament. Like I knew very little about, about Tracy Williams. You can go ahead and call me a Tracy Williams mark at this point. I'm loving everything he did in the tournament from the ver- from the promos he shot to his matches to the stuff he did with Lethal and the stuff he, uh, he did in the finals. And then the stuff he's doing right now, we're going to get to this a little bit later, but the stuff in the foundation is fucking genius. I think this tournament, while it did a lot of favors for John Gresham and it was a platform for Jay Lethal to help out people around him, I think I think the guy who uh, came away the real winner here was Tracy Williams. There's no, no question about it in my mind that Tracy Williams defeating Jay Lethal in this tournament was the big, biggest upset of yeah. the whole thing, and I think it absolutely made Tracy Williams into mm-hmm. a star for Ring of Honor, which is great because you know one of the things that you expected from this tournament was to see some established guys like a Jay Lethal, like a Delirious, like a Matt Seidel go far. But you were hoping that a few stars would get made along the way as well, or at the very least, introduce some fans to these guys that maybe they hadn't seen before. I know that was definitely my case. And coming out of this tournament, you might be a uh, hot sauce fan at this point. But for me, the guy that shone the brightest for a man, I would really didn't know much about this guy now, but I'm a big fan, is Josh Woods. Man, yeah. that dude is money. I, yeah, I he is Woods. He Love is him. just a uh, yeah. I, 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 honest to God, if he won the whole tournament, I would not have been disappointed. I like that guy a lot. Well, and it seems like they have plans for Woods. If you take a look at the tournament brackets, right? Uh, they had him go over Kenny King by decision, and then they put him over PJ Black. Like those are two big names in the history of Ring of Honor, and and you know PJ Black's got his his history with the WWE. Uh, you, you think that they're going to have some plans with him in the future, right? Well, I hope so, man, because I think if they sleep on him, it's a huge mistake. Well, on last week's episode of Ring of Honor, he uh, he had a great showing out with Jay Lethal. Uh, and he's continuing on uh, fighting in the pure style. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, they're really putting him over. So I want to throw back to something you said here, Mike, about, um, about, hot, so- about hot Sauce Williams. Are you all right there? <laughs> I want to I want to throw back something you said about Hot Sauce Williams there uh, about his big win over Jay Lethal. Do you think that they put the right guy over in this tournament? Do you think that maybe they they should have given Williams the win, given him the run with the belt, because then he would have beaten the tag team champions. You know what I mean? Because of where they're going with this foundation angle, I think it's fine. I think it's good that the Gresham won. I think it's good that he's aligned himself with Gresham and and Lethal. I like the story, and that's where they're going. If they planned on having Gresham and Williams feud after this, maybe I'd agree with you. 
maybe you put you you put uh, hot sauce over in the uh, under uh, underdog upset card. But the way it went, I'm very very happy with the way uh, it turned out. Um, I think Gresham. Adam and I have been talking about this for for well over a year now. Where, where Adam and I were lucky enough to go to a uh, an ROH Supercard uh, about a year and a half ago, and we saw Lethal and uh, and Gresham fight live. And we said back then that Gresham is the future of ROH, and he's proving it right now in, in the pure division. No, absolutely. Um, so so just before we we put a bow on this tournament here. Um, uh, I want to throw to Adam one more time and, and just Adam, give me, give me your overall thoughts on this tournament as a whole. Uh, do you think the right guy went over? Uh, and just, uh, like you said, you know, you found some new stars there. Where, where does the ring of honor pure title go next? And, and give me your overall thoughts on this tournament, uh, as a whole. Well, as a whole, I think the tournament was absolutely, like I said, a benchmark for ring of honor in 2020, but not just the guys in the ring. I want to also shout out the production team of Ring of Honor because one of the best things about watching this tournament unfold was the little production packages that they had put together before every match. For a guy like me who doesn't necessarily know who a Fred Yehi was or who wasn't familiar with a Russ Taylor, right? These were little vignettes that made me interested in these guys' stories, right? This is what gave me the opportunity to see, oh... Josh Woods has got some personality to this to this character. I like him a lot. This made me care about, you know, uh, Dave Finley and Rocky Romero. Even though they're both great talents, having that student-teacher dynamic, that's a story I want to watch in this tournament. That made me interested in what they were doing. Ring of Honor's production team was on point with this. And it proved once again that sometimes you can tell just a story of competition. And if Ring of Honor focuses that as the pure title division they're going to do really well in 2021 because again it's something that no one else is doing you can have people claim that aew or impact wrestling or even wwe or nxt they have the best athletes in the world but only ring of honor has an entire division for their company built to showcase that and to do it with rules that enforce that and bring it to the forefront of their company. You know, I don't necessarily know if this is what will happen, but if I'm ring of honor, I'm going all in on this pure division and I am making it the crown jewel of my company. I think they would be so smart to keep this as, as what is going to draw people in and have the rest be nice trimming. This is your Turkey dinner. If ring of honor is your Thanksgiving dinner, the, the pure title is your, is your, is your giant Turkey You've got everything else around it is all trimming. I have three things to mention before uh, we want to go anywhere you want to go, Tyler. Um, I couldn't agree with you more, Adam. Uh, this alone, um, I've been watching all these on on, on the uh, you know for free on on the fight app. This tournament made me reinstate my uh, my Honor Club subscription. This has sold uh, Final Battle for me because I need to know where this is going. So they're doing something right. Number two, this tournament made ROH the only company that made me forget about no fans in the audience. I, you know, in the beginning of the year, I was so bothered by watching so much silence. I forgot about that. I was so involved in every single match of this tournament that I forgot that there was no fans out there. And that takes some doing. That takes some great wrestling and some great storytelling. 
Number three, can we give a quick shout out to the side card on these shows? Every once in a while, we got a little side story that had nothing to do with the tournament. And the big shining one for me was Matt Taven's return to face Vincent. Vincent had very quickly become one of my favorite up-and-coming big stars of not only ROH, but professional wrestling right now. So last question I have for both of you guys before we put a bow on the number seven here. What was your favorite match of the tournament, guys? So Adam, we'll start with you. I mean, that's a very, very tough decision. Uh, I loved Finley Romero because I love the story that they told with that one. But honestly, I think I got to... I have to bring it back to Josh Woods, man. Uh, I love the match with him and Kenny King. You had so two good. guys that were completely um, similar in personalities in, in terms of that big, brash, in-your-face uh, style. But both guys really needed that win and wanted it to win. And for it to come down to a decision, it just left me going, ah, oh, we got to have these guys go at it again because I don't feel like anything was solved between the two of them. And to me, that's a sign of a really great match. When at the end of it, you get a draw, a decision, and I'm not left going, man, that was a bullshit finish. Instead, I'm going, man, I can't wait to see these guys hook it up again and gl gladly pay for the opportunity to do so. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and Mike, let's throw it over to you. What was your match of the tournament? You know that that's a really good uh, uh, idea for for the favorite as well. Uh, I love both Kenny King and Josh Woods, so that would be a top three for me because I do love that. I did love that match. Uh, and you mentioned uh, uh, Finley um, and uh, uh, Romero. Again, great match. So many, it's very hard this one, but I got to say, and this might be a little cliche answer, but I think I have to go with uh, Williams and Lethal, just ma mainly for the market. Um, I don't know if, 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 if Lethal would have went over, I don't know if we'd have be having this discussion, but the fact that Williams went over, I don't know if I marked out that hard for anything else in 2020. It was the biggest shock moments for me. It was one of those, you know, it, it was Horowitz going over. You know what I mean? Horowitz wins. Horowitz wins. You no, know, it was the one, two, three kid getting his win on, on Razor Ramon. It, it was something you didn't expect to see whatsoever. But at the end of the day, it wasn't like that because you were like, well, of course he won because he's that fucking good. So I have to go with that. I have to go Hot Sauce Trace Williams versus Jay Lethal. Fair, good choice. That was my. Uh, that's one of mine as well. For me, the two things that stood out in the tournament. Uh, I just love how Jonathan Gresham finished his matches. Everything was different. Mm -hmm. it, it came from out of nowhere, and it was believable. I, I really enjoyed that. I'm going to say that Finley was my my little MVP of the tournament. I loved everything he did. I thought his match with Romero was great. I thought his match with uh, Lethal was great. Uh, Finley really shone for me in that. So those were a couple of my highlights. And that's it. Uh, that's the number seven on the list. Adam, I can't thank you enough for, for stepping in and, and joining us with that. Uh, do you want to let the people know where they can uh, contact with you or any last words that you want to say? I just want to say thanks for the opportunity, guys. It's been a while since I've talked wrestling uh, in a, into a microphone that wasn't connected to one of your live events, although I'm uh, looking forward to the next one. Uh, Royal Rumble weekend, I believe it is. Yeah, so, that is correct. Uh, 
So if you enjoyed hearing me talk about this, probably I would say suggest tuning in on that date. I will likely be chipping in my two cents worth and uh, covering for Danny Franchise when he's not around, <laughs> as usual. Well, one of these days we'll hook up. Uh, we'll hook up with Adam for one of our watch-alongs. That'll be fun. I want to take it a step further, and I want to give you a personal invite. Uh, whenever we can align the stars to come on the show and, and have your own list, man. You're a wealth of knowledge. We love having you on here, and, and we can't thank you enough for, for tuning in on our number seven here. If you ever want to get weird, just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are going to uh, wrap it up with Adam here, and we're going to uh, head back to Mike and I now. So again, big thanks to Adam and to the one-of-a-kind guy, Rory, Rapid Delivery, Rory Fox. He's so much fun. What a great interview we had with him earlier this year. If you guys haven't uh, listened to the Rory Fox interview yet, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was just la- that was probably on last week's show. Last week's show, yeah. yeah. Um, go back, listen to it, please. Um, I think I mentioned this at the end of the show, but this was one of the interviews – I'm not going to lie. It's probably the interview I was looking forward to least because I knew nothing about Rory going in. Uh, this was completely Tyler's thing. Tyler wanted to bring Rory on. Uh, Tyler, because Tyler's a huge fan of uh, the Good Brothers and a big fan of their uh, talk and shop uh, franchise, not just the uh, not just their podcast, but the entire franchise that they've built around talk and shop, he knows a lot about Rory Fox, and I didn't. So bringing Rory on the show made me... Uh, fan he's so goddamn funny such a genuinely nice guy um we can't wait to have him back on the show Absolutely. and thank you rory for doing that dishonorable mention yeah he was the, he was the right guy for it and, and of course we had to talk about the success of the good brothers and the talking shop of mania pay-per-views because what they're doing is incredible stuff they are they are drawing big numbers over on fight tv uh, they 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 were the talk of the wrestling world for a little while there, so you got to tip your cap to them. I know we called it a dishonorable mention, but in, in reality, it w- it was just something awesome that those guys do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to give mad respect to that. Also, want to give mad respect to Adam, man. Great insight on the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament. You know what? I enjoy talking with Adam so much. I want him back next week. I'm inviting him back next week. It's a good call. Um, I want to get a little bit more serious for a minute here before we move on to the number six. Um, well, I want to take a moment and just pay some respect and, and pay some tribute to some of the great performers that we lost this year. Uh, 2020, uh, we lost some humongous names in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Mike and I have put together uh, a little tribute piece that, that we want to do to just pay our respects to some of the, some of the greats that, that paved the way in this industry. The Soul Man, Rocky Johnson. WrestleMania 13, a father and a son in the ring at the same time. It doesn't get any better than that. That's what WrestleMania is about. Vince, you got that right. First of all, last night at WrestleMania 13 will be a night I will never forget for the rest of my life. When I looked up and saw my dad, I could not believe my eyes. But at the same time, Dad, uh, you promised me and we made a pact. We sure did. And I want to say this. I flew all the way up here from Tampa, Florida. I bought my own ticket. I paid my own ticket to get into this arena. Maybe Vince McMahon would have given me a ticket. On the other hand, maybe he wouldn't have. (laughs) But that's immaterial. You know, I wanted to surprise you. I wanted to be there. This was so important to me. You carry the family name. You carry your grandfather's name. You carry my name. And I sat in that crowd and I watched you and I was so proud. But then when I saw those three guys jump you, any man... 
that has feelings for his son is not going to stand out there and watch three guys try to hurt you. And that's what they tried to do. And I just lost it. I came in to help you. Now, I promise you, I will never interfere in your matches again. Well, thank you, Dad. The Fink, Howard Finkel. ...in this business as champions with a signature word. From San Martino, to Backlund, to Hogan, to Flair, to Bret Hart, to The Rock, to Austin, to Triple H, to The Undertaker, to Shawn Michaels, to John Cena, and many more, I wanted to make their ascension to the throne memorable and remembered by how I announced their win. Well, tonight, I'm going to steal a page from my playbook, if I may. Ladies and gentlemen, I, the Think, Howard Finkel, am a into WWE's Hall of Fame class of 2009. Thank you very much. Shad Gaspar. This out, baby. Yo, we're going to take this down to Briscoe Brothers Shop Shop and make some money on this. Yo, Jay, check these rims out. We can get about 400 for those rims. Yo, Jay, check this wheel out. 200 for the wheel. Yo, Jay, check that mirror yo, out. Yo, 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 yo. 50 well, yo, I said we throw some 20-inch rims in these joints. And throw some big booty girls in the back. And let's get it poppin'. Big booty girls, get with it. Get, get, get with it. What, what? Rims, 400. Wheel, 200. Mirror, 50. Big booty girls, priceless. <laughs> big booty girls, get with it. Get, get, get with it. Jay, 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 Jay. Money, money. Yeah, yeah. Hannah Kamora. It's the sixth verse. Here accompanied by Kagetsu, wrestling of Yokohama, Kanagawa, Japan, Kana Kumura. Danny Havoc. Fighting out of the unacknowledged hardcore capital of the world, Cylinder, Iowa, with an official weight of 215 pounds. Mr. Wrestling 2, Johnny Walker. Let me tell you something, T.A. I told you once, I'll tell you again. I picked you up from the, from the garbage and made you a man. But you're a gutless man. You got no guts. You see, I have embarrassed you. I've slapped your face, not once, but three times. I have put a challenge to you, and you turned your back on me because you haven't got the guts. As a matter of fact, you know, the embarrassment, no one can be embarrassed any more than but being slapped as a matter of fact, I think I'll slap you again. The Ugandan giant, Kamala. Kamala, six foot nine inches tall. Kamala, 385 pounds. Kamala, the coolest man known to professional wrestling today. Arms and legs as large as trees. As strong as some of the largest animals known to man. Kimala. Six foot nine inches. Kimala. 385 pounds. Kimala. The Ugandan giant. 
Xavier. Oh, he's gonna get in that ring and he's gonna get pinned and he's gonna lose that title. And Mike, there's no outside interference. I can't believe Xavier's deceived the fans. I think he's been toying with Loki this whole entire match. If this is his finish, he is going up for that 450 and he nails it. Uh oh. And that's it. We have a new champion in Xavier. Bullet Bob Armstrong. Well, it was really overwhelming. I'm not used to that much attention, but I could really get used to it. After 49 years, I thought I had done it all, seen it all, but I never had a feeling like tonight. I really didn't. And with my sons presenting that to me, it was hard not to get emotional. It was very hard, but the people were very receptive, even though most of them weren't born when I started wrestling. They seemed to be receptive anyway, and I certainly appreciate that. Road Warrior Animal. World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, they are Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom. I'm certain you heard the comments earlier on from the men that are going to be challenging you tonight for these titles, Power and Glory, Paul Roma and the Mighty Hercules Animal. That's right, Gene. Hawk and I are back there watching the monitor, and we couldn't help overhearing you two little geeks. You tell us we don't deserve to be champions. You tell us you're going to show us where the power and who is the glory. How do you think we got to be world champions? By beating nobodies? We've beaten the best that the World Wrestling Federation has to offer. And we're going to be champions for a long, long time. Right, Hawk? Tracy Smothers. What we're talking about here is we're talking about Bloody yeah, Sunday. Uh, we're talking about yeah, the night. Baby. And we're talking about the thugs. T is for terrible. H hey. is for hell. U is for ugly. And G is for jail. Because a thug can't spell. That's what I think of the USWA, and that's what these outlaws think, man. Bob Ryder. Basically what happened is shortly after WCW shut down, uh, Jerry Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff's younger brother, uh, Jason, went fishing with me on a, a charter fishing boat that I owned down in, in Louisiana. We went out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and, and brainstormed all day and you know, explained what my concept was and, and how I thought we could do certain things. And, and Jeff and, and Jerry immediately, you know, latched onto the idea and started making changes and, and coming up with different approaches we could take. But but basically, it was uh, it was an idea that was really kind of hatched out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Zeus. Now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll see it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I live a life that's full I've traveled each and every highway and more much more than this I did it my way
so we're going to keep moving on here. It's time for the number six on our top seven moments of the year 2020. And for this one, I had to bring in a couple of good friends, but I had to bring in a couple of even better enemies. And I am joined by the hosts of the Good Friends, Better Enemies podcast on our YouTube page, uh, Jay and Tyrone. What's going on, guys? Uh, number yeah, six? Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. We're, we're actually better better friends right now because we're number six. Isn't, I, isn't this the, the, the show where we're talking about the best things that happened in wrestling in 2020? That is correct. And no, we're not I'm talking pre- about the, I'm, no, 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 talking but I'm about the best sh- things that ever happened to the podcast. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that we're number one, at least in Ontario, Canada. Have you met us? We are now hosts of a podcast. So, yeah, and that, that is partially because of you, Tyler, but also mainly because of us. Well, we should... <laughs> I just hit... no, no, no. We're 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 at least number three in my books. Y'all fucked up. I, I send my sincerest apologies. Um, but I feel like for the topic that we have here, you guys might be the best choice for my number six. I got nothing to say. You got nothing to say. I feel like no. now I, I I know what it is to to feel like you on the Good Friends Better Enemies podcast, Jay. Uh, just it's very hard to keep you pleased, Tyrone. No, it's no, not. this is this is not, Jay. Not at all. I have nothing to say either. I'll tell you what. Before we get into number six, let's maybe let's start with you, Tyrone, because I feel like I've right. offended you the most. I want to talk about most the year twenty twenty for you, okay? I want to I want to make right by you because I, I don't want any heat. Like I hear you guys, like, I'm scared to to get heat that you give to Jay on the show. I don't know if I'm if, if I'm as strong as Jay to take it. So. <laughs> I want to I want to start with you then, Tyrone. I'm gonna suck up to you a little bit, all right? And uh, I want to talk about the year 2020 and, and professional wrestling for you. Uh, our number seven, as you guys just heard on the on the list, was the Ring of Honor Pure uh, Championship Tournament. And we're moving on to the number six here. We're gonna get to in a minute. But what are some of the things that you personally enjoyed on the year? In 2020. In 2020, did you enjoy anything in the year 2020? It was tough to make this list even. I mean, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship Tournament was was it, that also should be a little higher than number seven. I'm sorry, but yeah, it was it was probably one of the better moments of the year. If we're talking about just the Fed or the AEW or whatever, like the other ones, not a lot stands out, man. I'm not gonna lie. There's the uh, the Firefly Funhouse has always been fun. We got the the Alexa Bliss Bray Wyatt storyline, which is fantastic in my eyes. I agree. I think it's one of the best things on TV right now. And and the only thing that may rival it is the uh, the the Reigns Uso feud. They, well, you they, know, they played that one out real well this year. Not to uh, not to tip our cap here, but I think we might get back to that one in just a couple minutes. But let me swing over to Jay here. And Jay, same question, man. What what did you enjoy in the year 2020? Uh, well, for me, probably, first of all, I would say the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, loved seeing the Royal Rumble in Houston, Texas. I remember being so incredibly excited when Drew McIntyre won the Rumble. Uh, I legitimately yelled in my condo. When he won, I was so excited, and especially because he eliminated Brock Lesnar as well. Uh, obviously, COVID hampered his proper coronation, but uh, super excited about that. Uh, the Boneyard match, uh-huh. huge, huge for me. Um, wasn't what I expected out of Undertaker and uh, AJ Styles, but um, 
very, very well done, uh, nonetheless. Hey, Jay. Then- Jay, I got, I, I got to interrupt for one second here, and I'm going to be the bad guy here and say, I don't think the Boneyard match was good. Oh, I think I, I'm with Jay on this one. I really enjoyed oh, the match. Oh, I'm, I'm well aware of how both of you feel on this, but I think that it was one of the most overrated moments of the last 25 years. I think it was one of the better cinematic matches that they've done. I was, I only really liked two of the cinematic matches all year, and that was the Boneyard match, and it was the uh, the AEW Stadium Stampede as well. I really enjoyed. Yeah, well, the, well from my yeah, perspective, they, I, I, I do have to say that um, I, I thought it was quite well done. And because this is my time, Tyrone, you already had your time, pal. Uh, I would like to uh, very, very viscerally say that uh, my number one moment of 2020 was The Undertaker's retirement, his final farewell. Um, I wasn't that big of a fan of it at the time when I watched it, but uh, through the course of time and having to digest it a little bit, I understand that there were limitations obviously put in place. Um, and I've lo- have long-standing uh, thought process that uh, when the Undertaker does retire, it should be an entire Hall of Fame ceremony dedicated to him, with people coming out sort of apropos of the uh, Oscar ceremony, uh, telling funny stories and playing clips and things of that nature. But um, I thought for what they had upon them at the time, their limitations. I think that uh, it's hard for me to think of a more sort of prominent moment than the Undertaker's retirement in 2020. That's fair. That's fair. I want to go back to just something you said really quickly. You were talking about the Royal Rumble, and I want to ask both of you guys this question, and we'll start with you, Jay, and we'll go to Tyrone. Who's going to win the Royal Rumble this year? This is the first year I can think about where I don't know who's going to win. Truthfully, I'm not really up on the product enough to really know. Um if it was up to me, it would be somebody from NXT. Like I'd love to see like an Adam Cole win it. Win it. Yeah. Like, but um, no, it's 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 tough. Like I just I don't know enough about the current product. I'm so in- disinterested and detached from it that it's hard for me to sort of come up with a cogent answer for you. What about you, Tyrone? Who do you, who do you want to see? Who do you think the right call is for the Royal Rumble this year? I'm gonna go a little bit different here and talk about the other Royal Rumble match. And I think we're going to see Charlotte Flair win the Royal Rumble this year. I'm okay with that, too. I think she's been greatly missed on the product. I I kind of agree with you on that one. And if we're talking about the men's one, how great would it be if Andrade came back and won it, and then we had both of the the two of them take it and go to WrestleMania and have their moment? Power couple. I mean, I'm a big Andrade Park. Yeah, and, and we kind of need a power couple now that Seth and um, Becky are gone, raising their new child. All the and best they, to them, but we, we need something new right now. Then they can roll to WrestleMania and to get squashed by Triple H and Stephanie, right? Absolutely, that's what happens. <laughs> All right, I want to switch gears real quick here, and I want to talk about the podcast. You guys have uh, you guys have joined the team here, and we love having you on board the Counted Out uh, family. Uh, good friends, better on these podcasts. How are you guys enjoying it so far? What's some of your highlights of it, man? Uh, uh, you know, how fun is it to to get on board and do this? Well, for me, it's been a okay. Sorry, no. go ahead, Tyrone. No, go. No, no. Fuck you. Go ahead. You you can have your moment first this time, bud. Go oh, for thanks. it. Thanks. Thanks so much, dear. Uh, for me, uh, it's been a labor of love. I've so enjoyed it. Uh, we've covered events that. 
uh, in some cases I've loved watching and in other cases uh, I've never seen before or haven't seen for 15 years or 20 years or whatever the case may be. So I've absolutely enjoyed it 100%. Um, Tyrone is a phenomenal encyclopedia of, of information and insight. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, rub his rhubarb here, but I think that he's a phenomenal uh insight into the business so i'm very thankful to do the podcast with them and and truthfully i think we've had some pretty visceral arguments but moreover we've had some better agreements throughout the course of the podcast yeah i agree man tyrone what do you what do you what's your take on that i can't believe he just put me over the way he did that's never (laughs) happened before uh i have actually been having a blast doing this it has been Something that I've needed in my life, just an element to kind of geek out and talk to one of my best friends and shit all over product that he likes and let him yell at me for product that I like. But overall, it has been absolutely fantastic. And I I really thank both of you for having me in the family. You guys have been a great addition. The show is fantastic. Make sure you guys head over to our YouTube page at CountOut7 to check out the Good Friends Better Energy podcast. Drops every Monday at whatever time I get out of bed and decide to hit the post button on YouTube. Lock and load. So I think, guys, it's time to move on here, and and I want to talk about the number six moment in my countdown. The number six moment of my countdown of the top moments in the year 2020 I went really back and forth on this, and I want your guys' opinion on it. I decided to go with Roman Reigns, just in general, since he's come back at the at SummerSlam. I just think that he's been spectacular. Now I went back and forth, and and I want to get your guys' take on this. the the other The other option that I was thinking about for my number six was the year that Randy Orton had. And I just I feel like now it's been six months that Roman's been back, and I just feel like he's catching more fire. Randy's kind of dwindled off a little bit after after a really strong first half of the year. Did I make the right choice, Tyrone? Let's start with you. Did I make the right choice? Is Roman Reigns the right choice at my number six? No. You going, Randy? I I'm going I'm going Randy. Yes, only because I would have put Roman Reigns a little higher on the list. All right, fair. Randy was 100% the MVP of this era. You can't deny that. When when people couldn't come to work for sickness, for for fear, any reason that they had, justifiably so, Randy Orton was there. He was the guy to call. He was doing all the shows. If there were house shows going on in this, you know he would probably still go do those. Yeah. But when and you let's... look at Rose... No, no, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, let's call a spade a spade, too. Randy Orton has done some of the best work of his entire career this year. You know, his stuff with oh, Edge at the beginning of the year was fantastic. His promos, the bringing back the legend killer at the, the early days of the pandemic, uh, world champion, uh, just amazing stuff that Randy did. His promos were out of this world. Even where he's at right now with Bray Wyatt, like where it, yeah. it's almost like they did long-term booking for a couple of years, which I know they didn't. And it's just yeah, a happy accident. accident. Yeah. But I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So, Jay, but what do you think? But, oh, sorry, Tyrone. Keep going. Keep going. No, I was just going to touch on Roman Reigns there afterwards. But, Jay, go on about Randy. Let's do it. Well, yeah, Jay, did I make the right choice? Who who had the who had the stronger year as far as you're concerned? Roman Reigns well, or Randy Orton? I, don't, I can't disagree with, with Tyrone's assessment to a degree. Um, 
I think Randy Orton had a super, super, like a career year without question. Mm -hmm. But moreover for me, it's, it is Roman Reigns. I do agree with you. He came back at SummerSlam and made a huge impact. But my issue with that is I feel like it's two or three years too late. Um, I feel in a sense that this pandemic has given the WWE an opportunity to try things that they would have ne- wouldn't have necessarily tried, say, two years ago. And I think that having Roman Reigns, for example, becoming heel a year and a half ago or two years ago would have been much more impactful than it is now. I think that it, it, the, the diminishing returns in terms of him turning heel right now at this point are just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I kind of feel like it's just more of, more of the same with the, with the Thunderdome and everything else. Like I haven't, I've tuned out completely from the current product. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that feel the same way that I do, and having him turn heel in this arena in this particular time frame to me feels like a missed opportunity that should have happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, we already getting him booed out of the building every day for the last. He's finally embraced it. Tyrone, what's your take on Roman this year? Yeah, I know you just talked about Randy. Let me let me hear your thoughts on Ro- on Roman. I mean, Roman the way he the way he started the year off, he was already strong going into the Rumble. Then he, he had his health, and we we had to let him go for a little while. Huh? But then he comes back at SummerSlam, and he's this whole new character, and you introduce Paul Heyman to it, and it's it's almost perfect because Roman can talk. So having Heyman there just kind of proves that Roman is the guy. You don't See, need Heyman, but Heyman's still there. For me, I don't like Paul Heyman's involvement in this. I agree. And I'll, ta- I'll tell you why. Like, I, I'm a huge Paul Heyman fan, and I, uh, what he's done for this industry, I think, is, is amazing. But I'm bored of him right now. I, I just feel like it's the same promo that he's cutting all the time. And I, I want to see Roman get more in with the family roots. I love when he had Officeika come out. I love the stuff he's doing with the Usos. And I don't get how Paul Heyman fits into that right now. And Paul, for me, Paul, he's just kind of awkward. Paul Heyman fe- felt fresh with Roman, like maybe one, two, three weeks in. And then it was kind of played out. And to your point, I think it's because he was so exposed with Brock Lesnar. Now, having Brock Lesnar maybe return as a face at some point and being pissed off that uh, Paul Heyman sided with Roman at some point might be a fun way to go. I don't know if that'll work. I don't know if it'll happen, but I think that's the only way you can go with Brock is having him come back as a face at some point. Yeah, I agree. You guys do know Paul Heyman's history with the Samoan families though, right? Yeah. He he used to manage the wild Samoans back in the day. And they also helped break him into the business. Like he respects them like they're his own family. Oh, and I and I get that. I just I just feel like Heyman needs to change then if he's going to be with Roman because he's cutting Brock Lesnar promos. I agree. I like to see an evolution of Paul Heyman, and you know that he's capable to do it. I'm just I, I want to see Heyman just shake it up a little bit because yeah, you know what? Right, he's a great so... talker, and he talks and he cuts great promos. And but it's just I want to see something a little bit different now that he's with Roman, not a Brock. Well, it's it's like it's like. Uh, Heyman's treating uh, Reigns right now like he treated um, Joe Henning. Yeah, or Cesaro, or yeah. 
Okay, you know. went, but you asked us at the beginning of the conversation who was going to win the Rumble. I'm now saying Lesnar is coming in and winning mm-hmm. the Rumble, and he's going to challenge Roman, and it's going to be a Paul Heyman in a shark cage on a pole match. <laughs> in a Texas death match, right? Absolutely. I will bet money right now, boys. I will put down a hundred Canadian dollars that the winner of this year's Royal Rumble will be Goldberg. I can also see that too. I don't want to see that at all. No, neither do I, but I'll bet you money it's gonna happen. Goldberg versus Reigns at WrestleMania 37, the main event we didn't get last year. And then a week later, you guys can rebook it on Good Friends, Better Enemies. <laughs> exactly I'll rebook right. it the day of before it even happens. <laughs> yeah. Tyrone's, Tyrone's going to fly down to the Thunderdome and rebook it with a megaphone. <laughs> I mean, no, but yes. Yes. So before we go ahead and, and, and put a bow on this one, you got to talk about the series of matches with Jey Uso. Uh, fantastic stuff they've been doing. Hell in a Cell, Clash of Champions. And, and bringing out that, that tough edge on him, too. I, I think this is really helping get the Usos over. Uh, I love seeing the wild Samoans out there. I love that they're shining the Samoan heritage again. Well, I love the lineage aspect of it. I think it's phenomenal. I just love that you hearken back to something that's been, you know, the better part of 50 years and things of that nature. I think that's phenomenal. But at the same token, I feel as though there is so much of the audience that would appreciate that that's diminished over the last few years that i think that they really need to hammer that home more than they have i like that they've they've sort of hinted at it and given some kudos and some nods to it but um i think that you need to be a little bit more heavy-handed with that kind of content in my opinion what about the uh the ascension of jay uso what do you think about that tyrone uh i think it's a much needed breath of fresh air for them when mm. when you have these two brothers who one keeps getting injured and the other one kind of has to suffer on the shelf because of it it's fantastic that we can use him in there and we're putting him in the storyline with his family still and it, it's it's just telling that it's almost like the old heart family feud where the younger ones are kind of jealous of the older ones who think that they're better and and they kind of rebel no, absolutely, and I can't wait to see where they continue to go with this. I know as of recording, they're moving into a Kevin Owens program. You're hearing rumors of a Daniel Bryan program maybe in the future, which I would love to see. Uh, I'm excited for Roman. He's got me. He's got my attention. He's got me tuning into SmackDown every week. Boys, before we uh, before we wrap this up on the number six, let's talk about uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies one more time and plug the social media where we can find you guys. Oh, you can find us. You can find us on the Twitter machine at good underscore enemies, and on Instagram at good double underscore enemies. And we've got a couple of humdingers coming your way. We also have a very fun Kevin Nash appreciation episode coming up shortly. It's a two-parter. Might even be a three-parter. We'll see. Uh, we had a lot of fun covering that one, and we'll also have some bonus content with watch-alongs on the WWE Network. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely, man. And and guys, like I said, uh, we're so happy to have you on board. I can't thank you guys enough for joining the team, and I can't thank you guys enough for uh, for jumping on here and helping me out with number six. Pleasure's all, all, uh, all yours. <laughs> Bye.
So hopefully you guys enjoyed that little piece we put together there. And a big thank you to Jay and Tyrone from the Good Friends Better Enemies podcast for jumping on and helping us count down the number six moment, Roman Reigns uh, or Randy Orton, depending on the, the debate there. Uh, Mike, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about that. Number six moment of the year, Roman Reigns or Randy Orton? Who do you think had the bigger year? Who had the bigger year? Fuck, that's hard. Um, I'm going to go Randy because mainly because Roman was gone for a lot of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's all to say. When Roman came back, he came back in a big fucking way. So who had the biggest impact on the year? Probably Roman. No. Who was steadily a an integral part of professional wrestling for this year, especially an integral part of WWE this year, is Randy. Yeah, I think Randy Orton was the Randy Orton was but I think I'd give it to Randy. I think I think Randy and, and Oscar were the unsung heroes of the, the early days of the pandemic for the WWE and mm-hmm. uh, but Roman's on fire right now and, and I just think the sky's the limit for what he's doing. Absolutely. So I have a question for you before we throw it to uh, the main event of this show or number five. We have an awesome guest uh, coming on. But my question for you, Mike, is um, throughout the year, we have done many shows. What are some of your favorite shows that we've done on the year? Whether it's a countdown list, an interview, because uh, we've done some real awesome stuff. I've got a couple that come to my mind right out right away. And I know um, I'm putting you on the you're, spot. You're putting me on the spot here. Oh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go first of, of what some of my yeah. favorite shows of the year are. I'll give you a minute to think uh, because I know that we've drank a I lot. I've got a couple for... off my head. But... So for me, I think the show were, that I really enjoyed doing the most as far as, um, as my list, and this is going to surprise you, is the uh, NWA World t- Title one, the top seven NWA champions of all time. I feel like that's the one where I kind of – hit my groove and, and I, I did some pretty deep research on that. And I, I think that was a pretty educational show. So I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit there. Yeah. I also really enjoyed our top seven Terry Funk list. That was a good one. Cause we got shit face drunk for that yeah. one. And uh, we talked a little Terry Funk. So that's a good night in the office. And one more I really enjoyed was um, when we, we brought on our, our good friend, Mad Dog Connor, and we did an interview with him and right into the triple H list. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so right off the bat, you said one that I was going to say, Mad Ma- Dog, the Triple H list, that was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed doing that one. Um, another one for me was our first live show, our, yeah. our, our Slam live show. It was yeah, just, was, was, it, was it the best show we ever did? Probably not. We had a lot of hiccups, a lot of bumps along the way. It was not even close to perfect, but it was something that you and I neither had ever done before. We were trying something new. It was a lot of fun. We got fucking polluted. Yes, we did. Uh, uh, you know, and, and we got to hang out afterwards and eat some steaks and and, and watch some good wrestling. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, that, that's one of my favorite as far as it's one of my favorite memories of the year, to be honest. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun. Let, let alone shows. Um, another one I have to bring <laughs> up. We've done a lot of great interviews this year, and I had a lot of fun with all of them. But I got to talk about Tyson Dukes. Yeah, was, I'm glad you mentioned that. It was such a such an honor to to have him on the show, and not only just have him on the show, but to get the kind of conversation we got from. I mentioned on that interview that I have been a fan of Tyson's for, for five, fifteen years. Yeah, like like I, I I've I've known of the guy for over twenty. You know, so I've I've seen this guy go from 
you know, 1998 as the, as the Muay Thai kid uh -huh. to the wrestling machine. The one, one of, if not the greatest independent wrestlers on the Ontario scene ever. Yeah. And, and, and when he came on the show. He didn't come on like the greatest independent wrestler ever. He came on like one of our buddies. And he the stories he told. Old road stories. He he laughed with us like he was telling the stories for the first time. At least one of the stories he was telling for the first time. We got an exclusive that day. Um, it, it was so fun. Uh, it, it's it goes up there as probably, I still think it's the best interview that I've ever been a part of just because it was so fucking fun. Mm. Um, we really need to get, uh, we're going to do a lot of interviews in the future, but I really want to have Tyson back on one day. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, and as you guys heard at the top of the show there, I, I made a little splice of uh, everyone we had on the show. Jimmy Corderas, Dave Penzer, uh, Justin Credible, and somebody Look at this segue. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah, Somebody yeah. who is actually going to join me for the number five moment of the year. And without further ado, I am going to throw it to um, the one and only elite athlete, Nova, who is helping me count down the number five moment of the year. So we're going to get rolling here. We're going to get into the number five moment in a minute. But I felt like this moment was so important that I had to reach out to an old friend of the show, one of our favorites, one of the most popular people that we had the entire year. I'm talking about the Northland Wrestling True Patriot Champion. She's more over than the Big Nickel and more popular than Half Price Wings at the Doghouse on the Sud Sudbury Saturday night. The one and only Nova is back. Nova, thank you so much for coming back and helping me out with this. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So I want to get into our moment in a minute here. But before that, I just want to talk about the year 2020 with you because it's been such a crazy year in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, we yes. get hit by a global pandemic. Bef I want to talk about it from your point of view as a performer. But before that, as a fan, what have you enjoyed this year uh, just to sit back and watch? What's jumped out at you as some of your favorite moments just as a fan to watch? AEW. Oh, How awesome. That boomed. It boomed so much. And um they're introducing a lot of new faces to that promotion. And most recently, Sting coming back. Unreal, Hello. eh? Yeah, big Sting mark I over here. The moon with regards to his his appearance. And it just caught me by surprise. I am so happy. The childhood fan in me is just so excited to see him back. Yeah, I and I, I think this is going to be great for him because AEW is really showing that they know how to use these legends. You know, you're seeing Jake the Snake in a great role. Taz has been fantastic. Arn Anderson is one of my personal favorites. So I was marking out seeing Sting and Arn Anderson, kind of that face-to-face -face there with the uh, the old-school Horseman-Sting rivalry, right? Yes. I can't wait to see how they follow up with that. Um, AEW showcasing, like you said, a lot of new talent. Hopefully some of that new talent in the new year could be uh, one and only Nova over here. You know what? You just never know. You never nope. know. Anything can happen. Um, what I can tell you is that there are a few girls who I was at the WWE uh, tryouts with at the Performance Center in Orlando in 2019, and a few of them have already um, made an appearance. Oh, nice. So um, They're doing some dark matches. They're getting their name and their face out there. And uh, there's some big things happening for them, I think, in 2021. So you just never know when you're going to see Nova. Absolutely. And well, speaking of seeing Nova, let's talk about you and your year in the year 2020. 
Uh, obviously, the year started out pretty good for you, right? I see a championship belt over your shoulder there or beside you. Debuts with a couple promotions for my first time. So I got my name out there with them. Uh, Death Proof Fight Club. I started um, right on January 1st, 2020 on New Year's Day. Started with Death Proof Fight Club and a three-on-three. Um, also debuted with um, Hustle Brand Wrestling. That's part of Barry Wrestling, Barry Ontario. Uh, Destiny Wrestling, I was with them as well. So I got my name out there with a couple new uh, promotions. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're making a name for yourself for sure. The buzz is out there about Nova. If you guys haven't checked her out, get on YouTube. What are you doing? Pause this and go watch some Nova matches right now. That's right. So obviously with this global pandemic going on, how has that affected you as a performer are you going stir crazy? Are you itching to get back in the ring? Uh, it's obviously taken away a lot of the bookings that, that have happened in the year. Uh, how? What are you doing to to kind of stay sane? And 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 when can we expect to see some independent wrestling return? Do you think? Uh, with regards to indie wrestling in Ontario itself, where I reside, I can't give you that answer because we're still under the global pandemic. It's a national emergency. And I just don't know when this is going to, you know, blow over or resolve itself. So I can't provide you that answer at this time. But um, in the meantime, to stay sane, I'm actually hitting the gym twice a day. It's not only my life as an athlete, but it is my motivation. I'm trying to stay, you know, in shape for my next match and all together. It's just... I have to I have to be ready to go. You never know when you're going to get that call. And you know what? It may not even be in Ontario. I may get that call in Quebec. I may get that call in Chicago. Who knows? So I'm ready to go whenever I get that call. Is there any concerns now with this pandemic? Do you have a, a different mind frame going into any of these events? Do you kind of have any second thoughts about uh, about any safety concerns? Or are, you, are you, you feeling pretty safe about it? You feel like you're ready to just jump in there and get back on? Oh, safety is always a big thing with regards to, you know, physically or in terms of the pandemic. But um, I'm not going to let that stop me. I will, um, I'll obviously exercise universal safety precautions when it comes to the meet and greets with the fans and whatnot. But uh, I'm ready to go. Awesome. We can't wait to see you get in there again. Something I definitely want to give a plug to is over on your YouTube page. You've made some very entertaining videos. One of them I really liked was your uh, uh, quarantine kind of run through. Uh, <laughs> very funny stuff. It had me laughing out loud. Uh, where, is this kind of like just your way to, to kind of keep yourself sane during the lockdowns and, and to kind of keep the Nova brand going? Yeah, I mean, I obviously want to show as much exposure of myself as I as I can and stay, you know, relevant online in the, um, you know, the web world when I can't be out there performing in front of fans. But, um, you know, I do realize that I, I upload a lot of my own matches, my own promos, but the fans haven't really seen the goofy side to me. And I figured that, you know what, people are locked in their homes. I might as well make them laugh. No, absolutely. It, it worked for me. I thought they were fantastic videos. Head over to, to Nova Nova Pro Wrestling. Is that the, the YouTube channel? YouTube.com slash Nova Pro Wrestler. Head over there and, and check out some of the videos. You can see Nova's amazing matches, but you can also see her amazing sense of humor shine through that as well. Thank you. So uh, on, on this week's episode, we're doing our uh, top 20, sorry, top 20, top seven moments of 2020, easy for me to say. And uh, I figure you're the right person to help me with my number five on the year. And for that, I want to talk about Impact Wrestling. And I want to talk about Tessa Blanchard 
winning the Impact World Championship. What was your reaction seeing Tessa not only get the opportunity to main event and, and be in there for the World Championship, but to actually see her succeed and win the championship? What, what's your reaction as somebody who uh, is a, a, a very uh, incredible independent, uh, sorry, uh, intergender worker yourself? Honestly, um, I even right now I have no words. I cried. I got emotional when she won. It uh, it really hit me. Uh, not only for you know the women's revolution and you know female empowerment and all of that, but it it just really hit me because I do try and model myself off of her. You know, she's this beautiful dark-haired woman who is extremely in shape, can lift weight, you know, hits the gym. And she's always been a role model for me. So for her to win that, that championship at Hard to Kill, it, it just, it moved, it moved me. It really did. Well, and not, and, and that's, like, that's really well said there, Nova. Uh, fantastic stuff there. And, and not only did she win the belt, but she, her and Sammy put on a hell of a match, uh, the the psychology behind it was genius. Uh, Tessa showed great fire, great fight in it. Um, I, I like to know because because uh, you're someone who's done a, a, a few in, uh, intergender matches yourself, right? What's the what's the difference in in going into putting together a match with a a woman versus a man compared to a man versus man or a woman versus a woman? What, what's the differences that that you look at putting a match like that together? With regards to differences, I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully say that a lot of it is the same. And whether I'm planning a match with men or women, it's no different. Women do it just as well. Absolutely. Honestly. Um, with regards to being in the match itself with a male, um, for me, there's a larger strength component to it, where. You know, all of this heavy weight I'm squatting in the gym, all this heavy weight I'm lifting in the gym, I have to use my maximum capacity with them, you know, which is amazing. I can finally really test my strength when I'm in a match with, with a male. Um, when I'm wrestling women, especially in Ontario, I'm actually one of the bigger women. So I'm, I'm already very tall compared to them. I'm already big in size compared to them. So, I mean, a lot of them are smaller than me. When I'm going against a guy, now the strength really has to show. No, that's that's absolutely. that, And that's a great way for you to get to showcase a different side, like you just said there, where you might not get to show that in, in some other instances. Um, I want to talk about Impact Wrestling just a little bit. And, and I think that we should tip our cap to them for giving the spotlight to something that you're not seeing on, on the main stage. And, and, you know, you, you see a lot of promotions like uh, PWG that are, that are doing that stuff, but impact is the first one with a real national exposure. Um, how big of a gamble do you think that was for them? And, and it definitely paid off as we're still talking about it 12 months later, right? Yes. Um, huge gamble definitely paid off. I just think that, you know, there's going to be people and promotions out there that are going to challenge. They're going to challenge your thought. They're going to challenge what's deemed as right and what's deemed as wrong. And we're not going to make waves. We're not going to make changes for the better or the worst without people and promotions in this world challenging that. So you, you have to take chances for things to change and work out, you know? 
Absolutely. And I, I just kind of wish from a fan standpoint, too, that, uh, you know, Tesla and Impact obviously had a falling out. And I, I just wish we could have saw where that title reign went, because I think they really had something magical. And from a, a fan standpoint, I'm a little bit disappointed that we're not seeing the intergender stuff continue with Impact Wrestling. I, I guess maybe they're they're waiting for that next Tessa to come through and, and captivate the people. But maybe she's sitting right in front of me right now, right? Absolutely. You just never know. Perfect. Well, Nova, I want to thank you again for joining us today. You gave me some great insight, some wonderful stuff uh, uh, talking about Tessa there. Um, let the people know where they can get a hold of Nova, where they can see your stuff, and maybe just uh, some of your goals for the year 2021 as we get into it. So on social media, I have everything from my YouTube page. Uh, you know, I have Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, you name it. Um, I'm all over social media. Uh, in terms of 2021, everything is still to be determined because of the national global pandemic, but I will be hitting the gym hard twice a day, uh, just being ready to go. You never, you know, as an athlete, you just never know when you're going to get that phone call. I can't predict it. So I'm ready to go, and I hope there's going to be some big things coming up for me in 2021 uh, as well. I will continue to drive my butt to London, Ontario and uh, train with Tyson Dukes at Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. He's my my coach and my trainer, my mentor, and uh, he's going to make me such a better athlete in 2021. Tyson's one of the best. You're, you're learning from the best, and all the, all the power to you, Nova. We're big fans of you here, and as soon as this pandemic lifts up, you can expect to see Mike and I in the crowd cheering you on. Thank you so much for having me. Always great stuff with Nova. Um, you could really hear the emotion and, and the importance of Tessa Blanchard's Impact World Heavyweight Championship coming through her voice there. I love Nova. I think she is just the, the kindest, nicest person. The amount of um, professionalism and support that she has given the Counted Out brand this year, I cannot put into words to thank her enough. Thank you again, Nova, for coming on. Second time helping us out. Uh, great insight there. I want everybody to remember later on, whether it's the WWE title she's holding over her head or the knockouts title she's holding over her head or the AEW Women's Championship she's holding over her head. It's going to be one of them, if not all three of them in her career. And when it happens, remember, she was on our show twice. She the, is yeah. the future of professional uh, wrestling, not just women's professional wrestling, because she is an intergender uh, uh, wrestler. She is going to help lead that new generation. I have no doubt of that. And I'm very proud to call her a hometown girl, considering she is from our home province of Ontario. Absolutely. Um, she's the sweetest, most humble, gent like nicest person that we, we've talked to. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll get all fanboyish here. <laughs> she's, uh, I might have a little bit of a crush on her. She, oh, she's boy. a, uh, She's a beautiful, a beautiful woman inside. No, she's a beautiful human being. If you take a I, look I at Nova, about the person that Nova is. If you if you take a look at Nova, she is the complete package. Any promotion could build a division around her. She's got it in the ring. She's, yeah. you know what I mean. She's she's the person that I would want to build a, a women's division around, and even get into the intergender. Um, you guys can't see that because uh, I haven't posted the video for this yet, which I will post uh, later on. 
but uh, Nova gives a pretty uh, pretty big smile and a pretty serious look on her face when we talk about her maybe being the next person to step up and be a Tessa Blanchard type of role in the company. Man, this girl is motivated and hungry, and and she's ready to roll. If I'm the guy doing, if I'm the guy signing the checks, if I'm the guy you know uh, uh, making the contracts, if I had my way, she'd be going to Impact. Yeah, she would fit into Impact so goddamn well. Because they have done intergender wrestling right, mm-hmm. but they also have a tremendous women's division. Nova versus Taya Valkyrie? Are you fucking kidding me? Just take Nova my money. Golden Grace. Nor, uh, Nova versus Rosemary. These are dream matches for me. Take my money. She would she would be the king over in fucking Impact? I'd love to see her anywhere. Where? Don't don't get me wrong. I'd love to see. I you know I, I'll I'll jump in a fucking I'll jump on a bus and go up to North Bay Ontario to see her at Northland Wrestling. Absolutely. But if I had my way, I'd be watching her every Tuesday night on Impact. Well, and you can catch us every Thursday when we drop a new episode. And that brings us to the end of part one of our top seven moments of the year 2020. Yeah, you thought we could fit this all in in, in one show? Not no. happening. And we, in fact, we are, we're, we're Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> we are we're Wrestle Kingdom. We're we're going we're, 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 co- we're COVID era WrestleMania. And next week is going to be a very special double edition of Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. We're we're cramming in. We're gonna go uh, a little bit longer than we normally do because we we're got so Broadway much cool stuff. Week, man. Yeah. So uh, buckle up, get a drink in your hand, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy everything. That, Mike. That's half because myself and one of our guests couldn't shut the fuck up for forty minutes. Don't worry, um, well, you're going to get in trouble for that next week. Don't worry. <laughs> why don't you take why, why don't why don't you um try something you're not good at and shut the fuck up for a minute and take us home right now? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. You got anything you wanted to say before we so wrap up? Salty. I was salty. so salty. Well, you know, I just have to give you some heat every now and then. <laughs> no, I've got nothing else to add because we're going to add it on next week. We have a lot to talk about next week. Thank you guys so much for joining in. Uh, next week is the last show of 2020. Do not miss it. Um, fuck, man. Uh, all the best until uh, to, to you and your family for Christmas. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Uh, uh, we Merry love you all. We'll see you next awesome. week. Take us home. On behalf hit of uh, hit, us, hit us, hit us with that catchphrase, buddy. We've been counted out. Cheers. <laughs>